Welcome to the High Roller Tide podcast for week 15 of college football action. I'm Rob Pozzola. Momentarily, I'll be joined by Joe Fortenbaugh of the National Football Post as we break down this weekend's games from a betting perspective. It was bound to happen sooner or later. After 13 consecutive non-losing weeks, we finally finished in the red last week, going 2-3 and three against the spread. Only a small setback, though. Our season record still very good, 41-25 and 25 against the spread on the year. We'll be breaking down all seven, seven conference championship games this week uh, as we look to get back in the winning column. So let's not waste any more time. Joe Fortenbaugh of the National Football Post now joins me on the line. Joe, all good things eventually come to an end. Our streak uh, finally over after 13 weeks. You know what? I'll tell you this. It, it, it did come to an end, but I'm glad it happened last week, and I'm glad it happened with some of the games the way it did because it's setting them, uh, it's setting the two of us up nicely for some games this week. And I can't wait to get into some of these because there are some really tasty college football games on this schedule. Yeah, I don't want to dwell too much on the past, but that Wisconsin Penn State game last week, <laughs> I'm just scratching my head as to how that. I know you're a Penn State alum. So for you to, to to bet against your own, you know, alma mater, and then have them win like that, it's probably going to be double depressing. I, uh, I I didn't even get a chance to see the game. I was visiting family in Florida, and then I have some friends that live in Tampa. So my girlfriend and I went over to visit my buddy and his wife, and we all went out to watch Florida, Florida State. And you know, we were cruising around, and the score flashed up at one point, and I'm like, I think they have that backwards, or I've had too much to drink. <laughs> and then eventually, I saw I, I I saw it. They brought up the highlights. I couldn't believe Penn State not only covering. Forget about that. The fact that they found a way to win yep. at Camp Randall. What Wisconsin really got caught looking ahead in that one. Yeah, absolutely, and. Something in hindsight that maybe uh, I should have caught beforehand. I always usually check uh, who a team plays, you know, coming up or whatever, but um, whatever. We can't live in the past. Let's move on to this week. Uh, Let's get things going this week. I I believe we have three plays for this week out of the seven games, possibly uh, uh, a few leans as well. So we'll get things started with the SEC championship game. At the beginning of the year, few people would have predicted that this would be the game in the SEC championship. Auburn taking on Missouri at the Georgia Dome, a potential BCS national championship uh, game bid Excuse me, on the line in this game. Uh, Since suffering their only loss of the season to South Carolina in double overtime back in October, Missouri's ripped off four straight wins. They beat Texas A&M last week 28-21. Meanwhile, uh, we saw Auburn, the way that game ended last week, probably the most unbelievable college football game I've watched in my life uh, with the way it all went down with the win over Alabama. That's now two crazy endings, miraculous endings, I would say, for Auburn this year as they got past Georgia on a Hail Mary earlier this year as well. You look at the spread in this game, Auburn open laying a field goal. Those threes are long gone. Twos across the board right now on all the offshores, Joe. I think Missouri matches up very well with this Auburn team, and I also think there could be a huge letdown factor after, this, after that game last weekend. I love this spot for Missouri, Joe. Yeah, you got a big problem with the spread here. The wrong team is favored. Uh, let me ask you a question. If Auburn doesn't complete a fluky, once-in-a-lifetime Hail Mary against Georgia for the win, and then the next week they don't figure out a way to return a kick, a field goal, 109 yards against Alabama for the win. Say neither of those plays happen and they lose both those games, and these two teams are still playing this weekend, what do you make the spread here? Yeah, it's Missouri, what, 3-4 at that point? Maybe even a little bit bigger than that uh, coming off back-to-back losses. But yeah, I'd say 4, 4.5 range. 
Yeah, that's all I need to know right there. You got the wrong team favorite. Missouri's the play, and Missouri's the very sharp side here in Las Vegas. I haven't met a guy I trust or know well out here who's going to be playing Auburn. Everyone's waiting for the public money to hopefully bounce this thing back to three. And if that gets to three, it's going to come right back down. But keep your eyes on it, because if you're going to play Missouri, you're not going to play this game till Saturday. Johnny Public's going to come in off the win um, over Alabama last week, and they're going to play Auburn. Missouri has very quietly had an awesome season. Yes. They have beaten everyone in front of them except one opponent where they were playing their backup quarterback in that game. James Franklin's healthy. He's going to start this game. Auburn, you got to figure they're celebrating Saturday, Sunday. The Iron Bowl and beating Alabama means more to them in that state than probably any rivalry anywhere in the country. That is so big in that state. They don't have pro teams down there. It's all about Auburn and Alabama. To get that win, it means everything. So you're celebrating. You're enjoying it. I love Gus Malzahn as a coach, but Missouri very quietly going about their business. This is a big game for them. I like them with the points. I like them on the money line. I say they win this game. I agree 100%. And you look at, at this Auburn team, people forget this is college football. These are college students. Imagine the amount of pressure that's on their shoulders going into this week's game. After last week, you know, they've been big up at the school all week long. Uh, you know, th- I, I can't even imagine uh, the mentality of winning a game that big. Uh, I know the distraction that it would cause for me if I was in that type of situation. I, I, I think Missouri could end up blowing out Auburn in this game, Joe. Yeah, one thing I don't like about betting against Auburn, it's just a personal thing. These two teams have made so much money for us this year, it's ridiculous. Uh, They have covered... 20 spreads this year between them. Missouri's 10-1-1 against the number. Auburn's 10-2 against the number. So they've been moneymakers. But yeah, the bottom line for me is you've got Auburn, who's in the national spotlight after beating Alabama. Everyone's partying on campus. Everyone's celebrating. Oh, hey, it's Missouri. If we just beat Alabama, Missouri's not going to be a problem. People do not realize Missouri has very quietly gone about their business all season long. And that team gets no respect whatsoever. And I wouldn't be surprised if they win this game and Ohio State loses. They still get snubbed out of the national title game in favor of Alabama, which could be a good bet there, 60-1 to to win the national championship. But that being said, going back to this, love Missouri here. I think they just come in very quietly, they handle their business, and they get the win. Yeah, I agree 100%. Let's move on to the Big uh, Big Ten Conference Championship. Ohio State taking on Michigan State Saturday night at Lucas Oil Stadium. The Buckeyes, 12-0, the nation's longest active winning streak at 24 games going into this contest. Uh, They've moved up into the second spot in the BCS rankings, which basically means if they win the Big Ten title game, they'll probably uh, get a shot at the national title. In all likelihood, that'll be the case. The Spartans lost only once this season, 17-13 to Notre Dame of all teams, uh, back in late September earlier this year. Since then, they've won eight in a row. They won the Legends division crown by three games. Now, you look at this point spread. MSU opened as a six-and-a-half point dog in this game. Those six-and-a-halves were quickly snatched up. Fives and five-and-a-halves across the board right now. Uh, This might be a little bit of a stretch, Joe, but I could also make the case that the wrong team might be favored in this game. I've seen a lot of Ohio State this year, and I'm not impressed with them at all. If you were putting out a number and it was a true number, you weren't trying to balance action or, or, or worry about liability, then yeah, you can make that case. But there's just too much damn Ohio State money in this country to, uh, <laughs> to make Michigan State the favorite. They, there was a year when they had all those allegations against them and all the suspensions and lost their head coach. They were still 7-1 to one to win the title in Vegas before the year started because so many people love to bet this team. But yeah, that being said, this spread is too big for a defense that only gives up 11.8 points per game. Michigan State is a quality defense. 
achievements. You're going to give him six, six and a half. I'll take that six and a half. I grabbed six. I, I think if you want to play it, you might have another shot at six come Saturday because I do have a feeling public money is going to come in on Ohio State. Michigan State doesn't appear to be a team that gets a whole lot of love. But either way, get the five and a half. I think that's going to be more than enough here. And I'm not going to be surprised one bit if Michigan State pulls this upset. Ohio State... They haven't played anybody. Put it like this. They're going to get into the national championship with a game over a team like Mizzou or Auburn, whoever wins that game, which we're saying Mizzou. Well, you know, you've got teams like LSU in the SEC going back-to-back with A&M and Alabama. Ohio State's running off a three-game stretch against Purdue, Indiana, and Illinois. They haven't played anybody. They played Wisconsin, who's decent, and that came down to the wire. And they played Northwestern, who's not good, and that came down to the wire. They probably shouldn't have even won that game. Now you're going to put them up against a great defense in Michigan State, a team that's been red hot since losing to Notre Dame. They're licking their lips for a chance to knock off the Buckeyes. They hate Ohio State. So I'm going to take Sparty here, I would, and I'm also going to play the money line, too. I'm not going to be the least bit surprised if they win this football game. All right, two for two in agreement so far. The only thing that scares me about as MSU is, uh, you look at last week, Michigan was able to move the ball through the air. Uh, Devin Gardner played really well. The Ohio State secondary was awful. Uh, you look at MSU, uh, Connor Cook, a little questionable at times. I don't know how well they can pick apart that Buckeye secondary, but I think the defense makes up for it for the, for the lack of offense for Michigan State. Yeah, I, I do too. And you force a couple turnovers to get Ohio State in a panic situation. Let's remember, this team, I don't think they're that mentally tough. I would t- I'd still take three or four teams in the SEC over Ohio State, oh, and yeah. I wouldn't even bat an eye at it. You look at this team, when they were, the, the biggest adversity they faced was that they weren't blowing bad teams out enough to get enough credit. Like, they couldn't handle it. I remember that game, I think it was Indiana, where they, were, they, they pushed on the halftime spread at 21, and Urban Meyer's talking at halftime to the sideline reporter about how they're not playing pro- professional football, it's a poor effort all the way around. These kids, the only time they faced adversity is they're not winning against bad opponents by a enough points, and they still weren't able to do it. They yep, gave yep. up too much. I, I really don't think in this spot you're going to see that great an effort from them. They're running into a big-time defense, and when they face adversity, I'm not sure Braxton Miller is the guy I want my money on. Well, you look at, at the last week or so, we've seen all these you know, uh, hypothetical national championship games and the point spreads we'd see in those games, and you know, Florida State, Ohio State would be Florida State laying about 10 points. Ala- yeah. Alabama would be about 12 and a half in the same game, and I still think that's really low. I would love to take Alabama minus 12 and a half against Ohio State. So that's the kind of respect odds makers are giving the Buckeyes, which isn't very much. Yeah, absolutely. I would bet Florida State or Alabama with those numbers yep. against this team, and it wouldn't even be a problem. Um, I, I don't mind it. I don't mind that at all. And if Ohio State gets it in place, Florida State, good. I'll, I'll lay whatever the hell they put out there because I really don't see much from this team. I understand Michigan got up for that game at home last week. It's their huge rivalry. Michigan's not a good football team. No. And if you're a national championship contender and you've been telling everyone all season long that they're ducking you and and the and the BCS is wrong, you should be getting more respect. And that's the way you perform. It comes down to a two-point conversion for you to lose that game against Michigan. Forget about it, man. That's not that impressive. Yeah, I agree 100%. Let's move on to the Pac-12 championship. Arizona State, uh, they're looking for some revenge uh, this weekend as they take on Stanford at Sun Devil Stadium. At the end of September, the Sun Devils uh, visited the Cardinals. 
Uh, that was a Stanford win, 42-28. to That game looks a little more flattering as uh, Stanford pretty much ran Arizona State out of the stadium in that game. The Cardinal, though, lately uh, struggling a little bit. They like games against Utah and USC slip away. They lost their BCS title hopes earlier this season, finishing 10-2 and on the year. Arizona State laying a field goal in this spot. A lot of people will look at that, see it as a questionable line, but obviously this is a home game for Arizona State. Uh, Stanford has slipped up at the end of the year. Uh, I don't like the revenge angle. That's not what I'm going to use to justify my play here. I do like Arizona State, though. I think they've gotten a lot better as the year's gone on, Joe. They have. They've gotten much better as the year's gone on. And I looked at this game. The second I saw that opening line, I go, you're telling me I can get Stanford plus three in this game? I love it. And then you take one pause and go, wait a minute, why do I love it? Also, why is it Arizona State minus three? What's happening here? You have to dig into that stuff. And I know a guy who comes to the Tuesday meeting every week. He's from Arizona. He follows these programs very closely. He loves Arizona State this week. He thinks Todd Graham has been salivating at the chance to play this game against Stanford. They want to knock them off. They want to make a big statement. This is a program that's on the rise and they've got big things cooking and that they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the Pac-12. A win like this, it gets people to notice. That being said, I don't really want to play against Stanford here, but I think the lean is to Arizona State. Yeah, absolutely. As I mentioned, we've seen Stanford be vulnerable down the stretch. Uh, We've seen some close games. We saw one last week as well. It's not the same team at the beginning of the year. And I think uh, when they lost that first game, they really deflated this team. This was a team that had national championship aspirations this year. Now all of a sudden they're a 10-2 team, not what they had hoped for for this year. Uh, Arizona State, this is the biggest game that they're going to see this season. I, I just like the motivating factor for the Sun Devils. Yeah, I'm with you. There's not a whole lot more for me to add. I agree with just about everything you said. I think this is going to be a good football game to watch. I think I, I really hope people tune in because I know there's a lot of other stuff going on, but I think you got a got a potential for a really nice matchup here. And if you haven't seen a lot of Arizona State, which a lot of people haven't, give this game a shot because if they do come through and pull this off, this is an impressive football team that might be worth a lot of consideration for maybe not national championship odds next year, but if you're looking at season win totals, they could be the team that wins a couple big games next year and they go over that season win total for sure let's switch it over to the ACC Uh, Florida State taking on the Duke Blue Devils that will be a very uh, big surprise to a lot of people would have been at the beginning of the year it's this is at Bank of America Stadium the Seminoles great season they blasted the Gators last week 37 to 7 they finish up at 12 and 0 Uh, their spot in the ACC title game was secured a long time ago Uh, they're taking on Duke here now this game is it's a David versus Goliath type of game. The, the odds were off the board earlier today because of the uh, Winston rape allegations, which um, they will not be pressing charges against Winston. So the line back up, uh, that favors you know Florida State in this matchup is obviously he gets to play in this contest. They're laying 28 and a half, 29 points. It's not going to be close, uh, but these types of games are, are really hard to predict, Joe, when we see these point spreads this big. I'll tell you what, I haven't played it yet. If this gets to 30, I'm going to consider I'm going to consider Duke. Um, you do, Florida State does not have to worry about the national championship picture anymore. With Alabama's loss, they can win this game 3 nothing, and they're playing for the title. So ask yourself this. What are you going to do in the second half if you're beating this team big? Are you going to leave the starters in and try to make a statement for the Heisman Trophy for Winston? Because yeah. now that the allegations yeah. are gone, he's going to win that thing. Right. So you, there's no reason to leave those guys in there and risk injury going into a potential national championship game where you're going to be favored. It's not even Alabama. So this thing gets to 30. I have no reservations whatsoever about throwing a little coin down on Duke, uh, trying to pull off a backdoor late in this game, because you're going to have a lot of Florida State backups in there, or... 
you're not going to have backups in there because it's a close game and you're going to cover the 30 anyway. Yeah, that's a that's a valid point. I just look at this. So I, I, Florida State is such a good football team. I, I get that. Um, you know, they want to stay healthy for the DCS championship if it comes down to that. Uh, but it's just tough for me with Duke. But with that being said, you look at the Blue Devils this year, I can remember two or three times where uh, Sharp Money's been on the opposite end of their games. And I go back to last week as well. Uh, everyone was betting Duke last week, at least the public was, and North Carolina ended up being a six-point favorite in that game. They end up losing that game outright. So Duke's, you know, they fared very well with their backs against the wall this year. Yeah, we've, we've played them in some good spots. I remember the Miami game was a nice one. I, I, I was going to play against them in a spot um, at one point, and then I remember thinking, this team's been playing pretty well. I should probably just lay off. And I think I got lucky by being smart in doing that. But, you know, a 10-win team on a neutral getting 30 points in a game where the starters for the other team might not even be playing late in the game, um, you know, I got no, no problems considering that, but I'm not going to be dumping on that game for sure. That, that's, let's yeah. make that very clear. This would just be a, a little bet for some action. Yeah, a little recreational play to get you through the day. <laughs> yeah, of course, because clearly I have a problem. I need action on everything. <laughs> All right, let's go to the Mountain West. Uh, it's funny that this is a Mountain West Conference Championship game because both these teams were whack teams before uh, in the Western Athletic Conference. Fresno State and Utah State. Uh, up until last week, the Bulldogs had their sets, sights set on being a BCS buster, possibly, uh, but their 10-game winning streak snapped. Uh, they lost to San Jose State as 62-52, uh, uh, to 52, I believe, was the final score in that game. Uh, 10-point loss there. Utah State considered by many to be a surprise in this game. Uh, they made it happen with a five-game winning streak down the stretch. They beat Wyoming 35-7 to last Saturday. Interesting line in this one. Uh, Fresno State opened up at 3.5-point chalk, and we really haven't seen it move. That's where it's on all the offshores right now. Uh, five dimes I saw earlier today posted a three, but aside from that... Uh, not much uh, action on this game. If I'm playing anything here, though, I'm leaning to Utah State as a dog, Joe. Yeah, I don't want Fresno. I don't want any bit of Fresno State in this game. The, the bubble has burst for those guys. Yeah. Think about it. You're on the verge of a BCS title, or not, not title game, BCS game. bowl game, yeah. which would be huge. Now you're probably playing in the Las Vegas Mako Bowl or the New Mexico Bowl. You couldn't have plummeted any farther with that loss last week. I have no idea if this team plans on getting up for this game, but I'm not interested in finding out by supporting them. I'll rather roll the dice the other way. We've done this a few times, Rob. We, we faded Baylor coming off the... Um, coming off the big loss. TCU hung with them and had a chance to win it. We faded Miami coming off their loss against Virginia Tech. They got beat up in that game. Uh, I'm I'm probably going to do it here as well. I haven't made an official play. I'm not sure just yet because I I know Fresno State's a better team. I don't think you're going to get a real big effort from them, though. I agree. I'd like to be getting more points, though. That's the only thing that I I look at the line, and the line is telling me they're they're encouraging people to bet Fresno State in this game. You look at that, even five dimes dropping to three today. Anyone's going to bet Fresno State at minus three, uh, but I'm looking the other way. We we don't people don't realize how much psychology uh, you know plays into sports, and and like you said, that's just a huge demoralizing loss for them last week. A potential BCS bowl game, and now basically a minor bowl that no one's going to tune into. You know, a couple days before New Year's, and and, and that's a big loss for this team. Uh, I don't see how they get up for this game. I, I'd be willing to bet Utah State even even plus three and a half, even though I'd like to get a few more points. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I'm sure we'll be talking bowl games in a few weeks here, doing yep. a little bowl game special for all the listeners out there, but um, you want to talk psychology? That Psychology plays in the bowl games bigger than any other factor. That is the number one factor, motivation when it comes to bowl games. You can make money on the most obscure bowl games by taking these ridiculous dogs who haven't been to a bowl game in 10 or 12 years, i.e. UNLV, hint, 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 yeah. and then suddenly <laughs> they get into a bowl game against a team that doesn't give a crap about being there because they're 
their bubble burst at some point during the season. I remember one of the best angles for this was a few years ago on Christmas Eve. SMU got hit with the death penalty. They hadn't been to a bowl game in like 25 years. They were a 14-and-a-half point dog in the Hawaii Bowl against a Nevada team that had just lost to Boise State and lost an opportunity to go to a bigger bowl game. They rolled them in that game. It was like 42-10, to 10, and Colin Kaepernick That's was the quarterback in Nevada. Yep. They got smoked right out of the gate in that game. That's what it's about. You need to find motivation, and in this game, I don't see any motivation for Fresno State to show up. Agreed 100%. Let's move on to Conference USA, the two best teams getting together in Houston on Saturday. The Rice Owls taking on the Marshall Thundering Herd. Uh, after just four games this year, Marshall was 2-2, two and two, but since then they've rattled off seven wins in eight games. They're on a five-game winning streak heading into this contest. Meanwhile, Rice, they've won eight of their last nine games. Uh, they had a bunch of blowouts at the beginning of the year, but the schedule's been a lot more challenging lately. Uh, they slipped by Tulane last weekend, 17-13. They needed overtime to beat UAB a couple weeks ago, 37-34. to Marshall opened up as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. That's been bet up to five since then. Uh, of all the championship games this weekend, Joe, this is the one that I, I really don't have much of an opinion on. Marshall's been rolling lately. Uh, that 31-point blowout of East Carolina. Uh, East Carolina's a good team. They beat North Carolina and NC State this year. That has me leaning to Marshall, but I really don't like the game at all. Yeah, I agree with you. If you're going to play a side, it's probably Marshall or nothing here. I haven't made a final opinion on it yet. I know some guys, some of the sharper guys I know in Vegas, they like Marshall. Note that Rice, I don't have the name, but their star tailback and one of their team leaders, he's out for this game, and he's also going to miss the bowl game as well. He's done for the season. That's a big blow to a Rice team. Um, Marshall, I really like that East Carolina team. I know we rode them a couple weeks ago against NC State. That was one of the easiest wins we've had all year. They jumped all over them early, held on late, great performance. They go to play Marshall and get blown out of the building. They got smoked in that football game. Marshall's been playing pretty solid. So for me in this game, I haven't made a play yet. It's Marshall or nothing. All right, Joe, let's finish things off with Friday night's MAC title game. Uh, Northern Illinois trying to keep their perfect record excuse me, intact as they take on the Bowling Green Falcons, this, this one being played in Detroit at Ford Field. The Huskies have won six straight games by double figures. The most recent one, uh, November 26th, a 33-14 win over Western Michigan at home. Uh, as for the Falcons, since losing back-to-back games against Mississippi State and Toledo, they've turned things around with four straight wins. They beat Buffalo on the road last week, 24-7, to which means they've held uh, each opponents during their each of their last four opponents to a touchdown or less. So pretty impressive defense there from Bowling Green. Opening numbers saw Northern Illinois laying three points. I'm seeing four and a halfs and fives on the board right now, so a lot of action on the Huskies in this game. How are you playing this one, Joe? Yeah, I jumped at three as soon as I had an opportunity to get it. Um, I'm hearing the same bullshit in this game that I heard for the Northern Illinois Toledo game, yeah. which was I mean, you and I. I was on. To, I was on Toledo in that game. I yeah. remember it vividly. So was I. I was on it too. I heard that we all heard the same stuff. That Northern Illinois had just beaten Ball State. Now they're on the road against Toledo, a live dog. It's a great spot for Toledo, potential flat spot for Northern Illinois. If someone's going to get them, this is going to be it. Blah, blah, blah. So you and I jump on Toledo along with a bunch of other guys, and what happens? Northern Illinois kills them. That's what good football teams do. They don't succumb to flat spots. They don't get tripped up in headlines. They just go about their business. In this game, with the biggest play,
playmaker on the field and probably in conference history under center for Northern Illinois, Lynch. I'll take the Huskies. This is Jordan Lynch's final yep. Mac game. He's got eight quarters of football left before one of the best careers we've seen in recent memory comes to an end. He has been stellar against Mac competition. I really like this Bowling Green team before the season started. I still think they're a very good defensive unit, but who they've beaten the last four weeks outside of Buffalo has not been impressive. I think you see Northern Illinois handle their business in this game. I can't find any reason to bet against Jordan Lynch because that is a very futile thing to do to sit there with money against him and watch him run wild up and down that football field. The one thing that prevented me from liking Northern Illinois in this game, when I looked it up, Bowling Green leads the nation in time of possession. They keep the ball more than 34 minutes a game. If there's one thing you're going to do to slow down Lynch, you're going to keep him off the field. Maybe he struggles with his chemistry. Uh, you know, that's the only thing I could think of in this contest. It looked like a short line at three. Now at four and a half, I'm not so sure uh, what I want to do with the game. It's probably going to be a complete pass for me. But that's one thing I looked at. Bowling Green, I, I know I was on that Toledo game. That second half was a debacle earlier in the year. Bowling Green, though, they might be able to keep him off the field. They might be able to keep the game close, Joe. Similar to the Chiefs-Broncos. That's the strategy. you got to keep Manning off yeah, the field. Good point. The problem is you can't fall behind early. You've got to get the lead or you've got to have something going your way early. You cannot drop down by 14 points in a game like that and then expect that strategy to work. I think that's a great angle to keep in mind. That's what they're going to do. They want to keep that kid off the field, force him to make one or two mistakes, keep it close, and then make the big play late to win it. I'm just not sure they pull that off. Northern Illinois gets that ball first and goes right down the field and scores. Bowling Green has got to answer back because if they don't, Northern Illinois could just run the train on them. That could be demoralizing too for Bowling Green too, especially with the defensive played in the last month. If they give up scores early, they might be out of the game quick. Yeah, and they again, they look good against Buffalo, and that was on the road, and that deserves a lot of credit, but those other teams they beat aren't very good, and I thought this defense was going to be great, and I watched them early in the year in a few spots. They look good against Tulsa, who ended up not being a very good football yep. team at all, and some of those other matchups, that defense wasn't as strong as I thought. You know, Northern Illinois stepped out of conference and beat up on Iowa in the first game of the season. Bowling Green stepped out of conference, and I think they got smashed mm-hmm. by Indiana, so I know that was a different Iowa team at the time, but you look at their Big Ten opposition and what they've done, Northern Illinois handled business on the road when Bowling Green couldn't. That's a great point. I remember that Bowling Green Indiana game because I was on Bowling Green in that game and it was a pretty yeah, me too. pretty depressing we loss. Yeah, it was like forty two <laughs> to ten or something like that. It was disgusting. <laughs> All right, Joe, that's it for this week's edition of High Roller Tide. Uh, For all the listeners out there, head over to nationalfootballpost.com. You can check out Joe's Week 15 college football betting primer. Three plays this weekend on the primer with a bunch of analysis on all those plays. You can also follow Joe on Twitter, at Joe Fortenbaugh, and myself, at Rob Pizzola. Joe, as always, a pleasure breaking down the board with you. Uh, Good luck with your plays this week. Uh, We're basically on the same board in both college and the NFL, so uh, hopefully we have a really good week, a bounce back after last week. You got it. Looking forward to it, Rob. And uh, I know that this is probably the end for the high roller tide for now, but we'll be back in bowl season. I'm really looking forward to talking that with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll make an announcement on Twitter as to what we'll be doing during bowl season as well uh, as we break down all of those games. Joe, always a pleasure. We'll talk to you next week. You got it. Good luck this weekend, everybody. All right, let's recap really quickly. Missouri-Auburn, huge agreement here in this game for me and Joe. We love Missouri in this spot. Think the wrong team's favored in this game. Ohio State-Michigan State, also big agreement here. We're playing Michigan State plus the points. This game's going to be close. The Spartans could win the game outright. Stanford-Arizona State, not an official play, but both of us leaning to Arizona State. The Sun Devils laying three at home in that contest. Duke-Florida State, I'm indifferent on it. Joe leans to Duke. Uh, he 
he'll play that game if it gets to Duke plus 30. Utah State, Fresno State, Fresno State demoralizing loss last week, both myself and Joe leaning to the Utah State Aggies in that game. Marshall and Rice, uh, no opinion really, small leans to Marshall in that game. And finally, in the Friday night MAC Conference Championship game, uh, Northern Illinois lay the points, Joe says, against the Bowling Green Falcons. This has been the 15th edition of the High Roller Tide Podcast. Thanks for listening, and good luck this weekend. For even more of the best picks in football this week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Rob Pizzola and at Joe Fortenbaugh.